Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. Today I have the privilege of speaking to Ellen, who's nicely in Bali at the moment. Um, (laughs) Ellen has quite a story with body image um, and eating disorders for over 10 years. So I'm really stoked to have her on today to chat about women, their relationship to food, their relationship to self, binge eating, recovering from that. So thanks for being here, Ellen. Oh, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like, yeah, this is something that I'm so passionate about. I could literally talk about it like all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that because you get people on who just love their thing. And I'm like, that with gut health. I'm like, yes, let me nerd out about bacteria and poo samples and things. And you would have the same things with your passion. You're just like, oh, I feel like I'll talk forever on it. Yeah, yeah. Like people are always like, how much do you work per day? And I'm always like, I honestly don't know because like sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, I just gonna look this up. Like this is so fun. And- yes, yes. And you come up with like ideas at the randomest time or like you'd be yeah. walking the dog or just doing something. You're like, oh, I could do or I should do or I should do an Instagram yeah. post on this. Or yeah, it just literally, literally. The brain the other day was- never turns off. Yeah, like I was driving my scooter the other day and I was like, oh, that would make a really good post. And I just, like drove it to the side and was like, almost thrown and then posted it. I was like, okay, keep going now. The joys of being an entrepreneur, always thinking, always on. So for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, yeah, what your passions are? Yeah, sure. So I'll try and keep this short. I tend to ramble. Um, so I am from Sweden, so that's where I have a bit of an accent, but I lived in Australia for about eight and a half years. Um, only just relocated to Bali, which I'm so excited about. It's like I wanted to live here ever since I came over the first time in 2012. Um, so yeah, like a dream come true for me. Um, yeah, I've always been like interested in fitness, always been interested in nutrition, always I've like, been really active. My whole family is really active. Um, but I, I never really understood it. Mm. Um, and I remember like the first introduction I kind of had to dieting was there was a girl in my class who'd, she was like, she just, just started basically. And she was very open with having an eating disorder. Um, and she like became really popular really quickly. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I was only 14 years old. So I was like, oh, well, if she's doing it, then she's popular. Like, then maybe I should do it as well. Like, it was very innocent at the start. Um, and whilst there was a lot of us girls who jumped on, and then a lot of girls that kind of, they did it for like a month or so. Um, but I just became hooked. Like, I, I have a little bit of an addictive personality. So when I started and when I started losing weight, I was like, whoa, like, this is, easy like I'm fucking I'm really good at this yeah um and I also have like a big like birthmark on my left leg which is something that I had been so embarrassed about like my whole life and now with losing weight obviously my leg will get 
smaller. So in my head, I was like, well, if I get small enough, then maybe people won't see it as much. Um, so I just kept like, basically kept like not eating. Um, and it got really, really bad. Like I lost probably 20 kilos lighter than I am now. Um, and basically it only stopped because I have such a good relationship with my mom. Like I honestly believe that that is the reason why I stopped because I just could not lie to her anymore. I just could not. Like when are you, when you have an eating disorder, it's all like your whole world is just about how can I hide food? How can I lie to this person say that I've eaten? Or how can I exercise without anyone knowing? And like, okay, I like it, the whole day is just like planning out your lives. And like, okay, well, if I don't eat at school, I will say that I ate at home. And then I'll get home and I will say that I ate with my friend. And then when I hang out with my friend, I will say that I ate at home. Or if there's food served there, I'll put like half of it in my bag and I'll put half of it there and like, it's just it's so much effort that goes into having an eating disorder like it's not for the lazy person yeah 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 I'm starting to realize that so when you're talking eating disorder for you did that Mm. just look like simply not eating is that yeah yeah yeah. so I was anorexic yeah um which is for those people who listen who don't know that is basically when you just don't eat yeah um and you're obsessed with like being lighter like sometimes yeah. I would weigh myself like six times a day just to see yeah if the scales would go down yeah um and it's so like obviously it's so so unhealthy and but it is so addictive as well when you yeah. are constantly seeing that number go down um so yeah that's where it started and then I was working a little bit with a counselor but I just mm. I was kind of like in the mindset like eh, I can do it myself like I don't need any help and you're pretty um, young yeah, I was very young. So, yeah, like 14, 15, 16-ish years yeah. old. Um, and then I kind of just like, I wouldn't say recovered, but I, I started eating, but I was still in a really unhealthy mindset around food. Like I would always diet. I would always yeah. try a new trend. And even though it never got as bad, I was still always thinking of some ways to lose weight. Yeah. And then it just, it just kept going like that for like years. And I honestly, I just, thought that was normal I just thought that was my life was going to be like yeah um and then I did a bodybuilding show in Australia once I moved over here and that kind of spiraled it all like completely out of hand again because then I had a reason to not eat um because I was like oh but I need to be like super lean if I go on stage like I I need to give you my all and so you training then as well yeah, so I was yeah. training, but I'd only just started going to the gym. Yeah, okay. So I definitely did not have the muscle mass. Like yeah. looking at photos now, yeah. it's like just skin and bones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so I did start training around probably like eighteen. Um, yeah. Moved to Australia when I was, but only like only really running on the treadmill and yeah, doing like body pump classes and yeah, kind of dabbing in and out whatever felt fun at the time. Yeah, um, or in my head, whatever was burning the most calories um and then yeah moved here or moved to Australia and then yeah my ex at the time was very into bodybuilding so he kind of inspired me to like get on stage and yeah when I was doing that journey I literally it was just like me having an eating disorder but I could tell people it was just for the cop so everyone thought I was fine because I was competing and then I would become normal again um but obviously that did not happen I was like after the the comp I had the, like every single week I would just go out and buy like packets of donuts and crackers and lollies and all this stuff and just put it all into a drawer 
And I'd even ask my friend to like make a full cake for me, just for me, just so I could eat it after the comp. And then the next day, I literally didn't do anything but stay home and eat. And I still couldn't get through it all. So I called in sick to work the following day because I still wanted to stay home and eat. And like, I'm laughing now, but it was just in my mind. I was like, no, like I'm not done because I had been depriving myself for so long of this food. nutrients like literally wasn't eating um and uh, that's when my binge eating got really really bad um and when it became like a a, such a big issue that took over just as much time as my anorexia like I was constantly planning my weeks of like when am I gonna binge what am I gonna have and like sitting you know at work at the time thinking about all the stuff that I was gonna eat like when I finally hit Friday literally wouldn't plan anything or if I did I was like I would leave early because I wanted to go home and binge um and so then anorexia oh, yeah so anorexia you would classify as not eating at all and then your binge eating is sort of the opposite in a sense where you're eating heaps but then were you throwing it up as well is that different no. that's different again so yeah so you your basic eating disorder I guess is so you have your anorexia which is not yeah. eating you have yeah. binge eating which is basically really restrictive but not throwing up and then binge eating and then being really restrictive again and then binge eating again. And I'm not talking about just going out with your friends and having like a burger and dessert. Like that's just, yeah. that's not binge eating. That's just yeah. eating a lot of food. Yeah. That's fine. We all yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, and then you have bulimia, which is like when you're using laxatives or you're throwing up. Yeah. Um, and then you have orthorexia, which is what I developed after my binge eating. And yeah. that was because... Like I said before, I do have a very addictive personality. So once I kind of started working with a coach to overcome binge eating, um, I became obsessed with counting macros instead. Mm-hmm. And I was training like twice a day. I was obsessed with hitting my macros. I was like, I would literally have a panic attack if I didn't hit my macros. Um, so then I just basically it's like swapping obsessions here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you anyway. always did you always stay small did you ever go through a time period where like the binge eating did you put on weight from it as of from being like anorexic to then still eating but yeah I definitely put on I mean I've, I've never been overweight yeah. um but I've definitely like I was 10 kilos heavier than I am now when I was binge eating um so yeah, I don't think anyone would ever look at me and be like oh she like she's overweight or like even now looking at photos I'm like I like there was, was absolutely nothing like I didn't have to lose weight or anything like that um it was just I just wasn't looking after my body I was just being really mean to myself I was really self-conscious about how I looked um but never wearing like shorts to the gym I would never wear a crop top I was always trying to cover up and then when I became orthorexic I basically went on the other side and I was like never wearing clothes because I was like oh I'm so lean and I feel so good and um but I still always wanted to get leaner. So I was still not happy, even though I was saying kilo slider. Um, and it, yeah, so then that's when I kind of became interested in the nutrition aspect of things and started studying nutrition and then started my business. Um, and Lotus Health Co kind of started off as a flexible dieting kind of coaching um, business because that's what I was doing at the time. I was trying to not be as strict with my macros and 
I noticed I was still getting really good results, even though I was having things like donuts or cupcakes or, you know, chocolate or something and still training really hard. And I did feel like I found like a good balance in there. Um, but as what I've noticed in the last probably year only is that it's not really that sustainable to always track your food. And I think a big backside that people are not talking about with tracking is that a lot of people get really obsessed, even though they're not as honest with their coaches as they think, or as they, the coach might think that they're more honest than they are. But it's a lot of stuff going on. And I think we are starting to see the backlash of the whole flexible dieting kind of macro tracking trend. And that is the binge eating, which is I've noticed in the last year that I started getting so many binge eating clients, even though I wasn't advertising it. It was would just be people who like, coached me for a couple of weeks and then they were like you know I have a confession like I'm being cheating I'm doing this and I just realized that I'm I'm really good at helping these girls I've had so far there hasn't been a single person that I haven't been able to help um and then I started studying NLT so neuro-negative programming which is amazing for treating being cheating um and yeah now I'm kind of facing more into intuitive eating binge eating body image because for me, I haven't tracked my food in seven months and I've never felt better. I have so much energy. I eat what I want. I listen to my body. And that is just that is just what I want to help people do now. Move away from the whole rigid, strict, you have to do this, you have to look like that. And just, yeah, just feel good and comfortable in their own skin and just trust that they their body's going to let them know what they need. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that was sure. so long. <laughs> no, no, I, I love that. And I resonate with so much of that because I see that in clients. Like I see such a spectrum, right? Like mm. I, from my get go, when I start working with someone, there's generally no element of tracking in it. The only time I get them to track because I'm not in that bodybuilding industry, but I have a lot of clients who've done that or whatever, or they've never done tracking before and they're way under eating protein. Like, and I'm talking like maybe 50 or 60 grams a day. So their blood sugars are all over the place. Their periods are all over the place simply because they're not eating enough. So they'll track for a couple of weeks and go, I had no idea. Like I had no idea. And then they don't continue to track. I mean, some do for different reasons, but they kind of, it becomes a tool rather than a lifestyle, if that makes sense. So it pulls in different elements because I know from my personal experience when I was tracking and it was like back in the day when I was so tiny and you're trying to hit like, you know, a thousand calories a day. And I just go, I don't even know how I was doing that. Now I'm like, I'll eat two and a half thousand easy, whatever. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's so different when you don't kind of know. So during that whole time, then how did your relationship with exercise shift? Like, have you more into strength training? Did you do, used to do more cardio? What kind of like uh, fitness journey have you been on? Yeah. So when I first started training, I was just doing, yeah, like I said, just normal gym stuff. Um, and then I was obviously training for the bodybuilding show. Um, and I was following a lot of like bodybuilders on my Instagram. And honestly, it just, I was, I was never happy. I would just look at, I would sit, compare myself all day long, felt even worse. Like I was already feeling self-conscious. That just made me feel even more self-conscious. And it just ended up with my ex. Like he was just like, you literally have to unfollow these people because they are making you feel so shit. So I just unfollowed them all. And then I was really lost with my training. So I was like, no, you know what? Maybe I'll get into like powerlifting or something like that. Lift heavy weights. Like that could be cool. And then I started at this new gym that had like powerlifting 
and CrossFit, like CrossFit was like on the side. And I remember I had watched that um, Netflix documentary, uh, Fetus on Earth, I think it's called, Fetus on Earth. Yeah. Like so a good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I watched that and I was like, holy shit, these girls are fucking amazing. I want to do that. Um, so I, I went into it thinking like I was going to be the next Sarah Sigmund's daughter. <laughs> we have all been there. I was exactly <laughs> the same. I watched it and I was like, this is me. Sign me yeah. up. This is yeah. my calling. I'm done. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do CrossFit. Yeah. Literally, yeah. I was like, well, it started off with me like, oh, it'd be like a good cardio to my powerlifting. And then I did one session and I was like, nah, like this is my thing. And I just... In my head, I was like, I'm going to be the best person in the whole world. But there is so much more that goes into it that people realize. So much work. So hard. But anyway, so that kind of shifted my mindset because anyone who's been across the box, like there's not a mirror that anywhere, like maybe a tiny one in the bathroom, like to see that your face is okay. And that would be it. So it was just so nice for me to like be somewhere where I couldn't, where I wasn't always like checking out like oh is my belly, belly hanging over my, my tights or like can you see my cellulite or what's my hair look like so that was really nice for me um and then also the fact that people didn't care about what you look like like in the normal gym like someone sometimes people comment on like oh your shoulders are popping or you're looking lean or something like that at crossfit people they've all they cared about was how hard you tried that you showed up consistently and that you like stayed back after class practicing and like your effort and I I love that about it as well that was when I fell in love with CrossFit I was like it's not about how I look like it's it's about so much it's about community it's about cheering Mm. each other on it's about supporting each other it's yeah it's a totally different aspect isn't it yeah exactly and I like I still wasn't wearing shorts because I still felt like oh my legs are not like they're too big and like I have this massive birthmark and now that I'm like fat in my head I um it's gonna be even more like people are gonna see it and I have so much cellulite like I, I could never wear shorts it's, I'm like too big for that and then I remember it was this one day when me and my friend at the time she we were going to the gym just us two and she's like what like why are you wearing tights like it's so hot like come on just put your shorts on and I literally had these pairs of shorts in my closet for a year never worn them because I was, I was like oh one day I'll be skinny enough and I was like okay I'll just put them on, see what happens. If someone comments on my leg, then I will just like go to the bathroom and cry or something. <laughs> um, I wore them. No one said a thing. No one even noticed. And then I just kept wearing shorts every day in the class. And then six months later, my coach goes, oh, do you have like fake tan on your leg? Or like, what is that? And I was like, oh, no, it's a breast mark. She's like, have you always had that? And that's when it kind of hit me like, oh. Like maybe people don't actually look at me as much yeah. as I think they do. Like she's <laughs> been training me for crazy. six months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she never knows. And I still have friends who I've known always had that on your leg. So yeah. that's when I kind of started shifting my mindset from, like, people don't look at me as much as I think. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is actually so freeing to understand that no one give, really gives a shit about what I wear or what I do or what I have on my body. It was just that I was a bit traumatized from when I was younger because kids can be fucking mean and they just yeah. blurt things out. Yeah. And they might not have meant it in a bad way, but to me, like getting called a monster or a cow or a weirdo, like that's, that's pretty dig, like 
yeah. big wounds in someone. Yeah. Um, so it's been a really long journey for me to kind of overcome that and to now be like, you will never see me in pants. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I will never wear No way. Yeah, I didn't even bring any shorts or yeah. pants, I mean. Yeah. Um, so it is really nice to like be able to look back at that and to see like, fuck, I have actually, like yeah. if, when I was 12, there's no way I could have ever imagined myself living somewhere where you had to wear shorts all the time because I was like, no, I'm like not, I can't do yeah. that, I'm not good enough. Yeah. So, I mean, like through this whole process, I don't know how old you are now, but it's been what, like 10 plus years of your... Yeah, I'm 30 now. Yeah. So your ups and your downs and things. I mean, mm. for someone who's starting now, they just must have been like, wow, you've you've been through so much. How, <laughs> like, what do you think has helped you transition? I mean, you t- spoke a little bit about you had some coaching at one point, which then was good, but then, you know, you more went towards a different type of um, eating disorder and things like that. Mm. Like, was it the support? Was it your own mental confidence? Was it exercise? Was it what was it that helped you shift through those? And then eventually you've obviously come out and be the amazing woman and coach that you are now. And now you're helping women. But what was what was your biggest, I don't know, things that helped you change through all that? Um, I think that I've always just been really good at reflecting. Mm-hmm. I've always been a bit of an overthinker. So I'll like think about things and then like, what happened there what did that person say did that actually mean something what did I what did that I think of that is that actually true and now like when I was doing all of my courses I was like oh like it's pretty cool to see that people are actually teaching yourself that I was already doing as like a teenager as in my early 20s because it just came natural to me um but I have done um a lot like I was working with a coach really closely for about a year who really like opened up my mind to that it's all about what's what you think of yourself and how you know that you're on in your head and how you can kind of sort through the noise and understand what's true what's not true where is this coming from is that still true for you like being able to kind of go back to all of this um that has been really helpful to see like where why did I start thinking like this from the start because you know when we're all born when we're little babies no one is born thinking they're not good enough that is just an opinion that you form based on what's happening to you like it could even be that someone says um your sister is really pretty and then you take that as oh that must mean I'm ugly because they didn't say me and it's just being able to go back to that kind of stuff I would say that's a really good tip to get started um, and then also continuously pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to see that what you're believing in your head isn't necessarily true. So for my story that I kept telling myself was that I couldn't wear shorts because of my birthmark. And then I was like, just forced myself to do it. And after doing it again and again and again, I changed that story about myself. Yeah. So you, were, you can change like that memory bank in your head you can actually create new neural pathways that's this used to be the way you were thinking but now this is the way that you're thinking um and it's just been really cool to sit like start with something small and then kind of building from there like create it's basically like creating new habits and new pathways in your brain so for someone who is struggling at the moment i would say do something that feels uncomfortable but not as uncomfortable as you won't get out of bed and you won't do it Mm -hmm. like even if it's just 
smiling towards a stranger when you're walking past them on the street or maybe i don't know like ordering in a different language or messaging someone like if you constantly always pushing yourself to be a little bit uncomfortable like that translates into everything that you're doing it's not yeah. just being uncomfortable in gym it's like in relationships at work when you're walking down the street like it's everything yeah hard time answer. <laughs> and yeah yeah for sure and also changing like that focus like I remember for me like the obsession was to be as small as possible because it gave me control because I was perfectionist mm. and there were so many things I couldn't control in my life and this and that but when I changed the shift to oh, I haven't had my period in seven years now like my focus is going to be getting my period back and then it was going to be healing my gut because I had this severe constipation and then all this fatigue and all these autoimmune conditions and sometimes we need to like shift where that brain's focusing rather than being tiny and small it's like okay I I need to go actually my period's my goal right now what can mm. I do to support that and no that doesn't mean you need to make a huge jump and just eat all this food all of a sudden but small amounts each day but what I also want to know is when you were going through all this, is mm. there anything that someone could have said or done that would have helped you? Because if you're a friend now or a mother or a sister or, you know, looking and you know that your best friend or mm. your daughter is going through this, mm. you know, what what could have been said, what had been said that you would actually take on? Because so often we'd just be like, don't want to hear it. Like when people said to me and be like, you know what, I don't want to hear it. I'll figure mm. it out when I'm ready. But like, is totally. there things we can do as friends? Yeah, I, for me, like you said, if someone would have been like, or oh, actually my ex with my binge eating, for example, he would say, just don't eat. Like fucking stop buying the food then. And it's, it's not that easy. I wish it was that easy. Um, but as a friend, I think the best thing you can do is to say, look, I can see that you're struggling. If you want to talk about it or if you just want to sit in silence or like if you need some help to like deal with this i'm like i'm here for you and just remember though that even though if you're a friend of someone who's struggling like you're not a therapist you're not a counselor you're not a coach making sure that 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 is a boundary that your friend is not unloading all of this heavy stuff on you because having an eating disorder is heavy and yeah. the girls that i work with now like sometimes they have take like laxatives and they purge and like, you need to be qualified to deal with these kind of issues like it's not yeah. just something that you can say like a friend um like it, it's heavy so i would yeah just making sure that they know that you can, that you're there for them you can see that they're struggling because it's sometimes it can just be so hard to come clean i guess like yeah. to admit that you have a problem and just for me like thinking back if someone would have said Ellen, I can see that you are struggling and I can see that you're not happy. Just so you know, when you are ready, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to help you get out of this. Yeah. That for me would have been, yeah, I, I would have loved it if someone said that. Yeah. The thing with eating disorders though is that people tend to keep them very secret. Yeah. And it can be like, there was none of my friends knew that I was being cheating. The only reason my ex knew was because he like found my big hidden snack drawer yeah um like no one else had any clue because it's you you're so ashamed of it and that's why I want to be so open on my socials now because I think that showing like vulnerability and showing that you've gone through this stuff like it helps people understand that they're not alone and it's not something that they need to hide and that there is help to get out there when they are ready to take that step yeah yeah and when someone is ready to take that step where is the first place to look is it working with 
someone like you? Is it working with a counsellor or a psychologist? Or do you work with a couple different people? What's kind of the, because I mean, just going to your GP, as I know from my experience with things, is definitely not going to give you the answers that you probably need. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, my GP, they, like one time I was admitted to the hospital and they just like sent me on my way. Like they, they don't have a clue. Um, oh, I mean, I'm sure there's good ones as well, but yeah, anyway. Um, I think it, it, it's going to depend on the person. Like, you know, you're a coach as well. Like we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea yeah. and that's fine. Um, but I think that obviously like I love what I do and I'm so passionate about it. And I, I do genuinely believe that I am really good at it as well. Yeah. Um, but there are the Butterfly Foundation, for example, is a really good tool. One of my clients just did like um, they do like um, eating disorder screening kind of just to see what it is that you're struggling with out of the four um, that we talked about earlier and then they can help give you send you to there are special psycho uh, psychiatrists and counselors that only do this and, or there are dietitians who are only doing eating disorder people um, like obviously if you're someone who is that bad that you have gotten admitted to a hospital 100% work with like a qualified dietitian in the hospital i would not take someone on like that because i'm a sports nutritionist but i'm not i don't know anything like the dietitian stuff that's like next level yeah. um so just making sure that you're working with someone who is qualified and who has references um like unfortunately there's a lot of people in our industry that go way about their boundaries here um the scope and you know, I see it all the time in the gym, like PTs are telling people, oh, just like, don't eat that. Or like, if you binge eating, I would just never allow yourself to have any of this stuff. And yeah, it's some of the advice. I'm just like, oh. It's like being stressed and someone told you to stop being stressed. You're like, are you Literally. kidding me? Like, what kind of answer is no, that? That is ridiculous. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Like, we just feel better. Like, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes working with a couple people is good. Mm. Like, I love it when my clients are seeing getting acupuncture or, or seeing yeah. a counselor or a psychologist or, you know, working with a health coach or, you know, someone like yourself and having those multiple degrees, you learn and you get so much out of that as well which is so nice totally 100 percent. because you know we all specialize in different areas like if someone had really bad gut health issues like i wouldn't be the right person for them i would send yeah. them to someone like yourself because yeah. you're way more qualified and that's your passion yeah. and i think that's amazing that we all have these different things that we're um passionate and qualified to do um and that like, we all have the same end goal we just want to help people feel better and unfortunately some people are working a little bit outside their scope and they are not really making people feel better they can actually make it a lot worse um but yeah. i do i do think that they still have their best intentions or i hope yeah. that they still have the best intentions at heart do you ever worry about relapsing like is relapsing common and do you ever go oh i won like i worry that i might get triggered or i'll go back there or or something like that or do you feel like you're really beyond that now like you're sort of beyond that turning around point no I with my binge eating I really don't think that I would ever ever relapse um yeah I that just feels like no so yeah. but I think that with my anorexia and orthorexia I I do I have to catch myself sometimes that I'm like oh 
probably training a little bit too much now or like oh like sometimes I can just think in my head like oh it'd be so easy to just not eat today um but then because I know so much more now like I have the knowledge there I've done all the study I've worked with so many people I've worked so much on myself I can now not act on those thoughts yeah but because it was such a big part of my life and such a big trauma like that's it it, I I do genuinely believe there's always going to be a part of me just in my memory bank but I just have to not act on it. Yeah. It's like, uh, so I lost my periods for, for a range of different reasons. One of them was mm. under eating, over exercising, those kind of things. And I was mm. chatting to a uh, naturopath the other day and she's like, when someone's been through that, for you, that was like 10 years, right? Mm. And for me, that was seven, eight years of your life. That's your body's default setting. So as soon as I have a self-confidence issue day, my first thought is I should eat less so I lose weight so I look better. Like it doesn't mm. mean you act on it, but your brain mm. like, changing those brain things to be like oh I'm just having a bad day I feel flat I'll go do something gentle that I enjoy immediately it goes I need to be a smaller human I need to control as many aspects as I can I can control food I can't control people I can't control my mood but I can control food and that's mm. sort of like rewiring that is is and you would see that with people all the time is like it takes mm. and I see that with gut health people go oh I've had heavy painful periods plus constipation IBS for 10 years I'm like girl that's not going to heal in one or two months probably not even six months Mm. probably not even a year like you know like give your body time and Mm. give that whole brainway time to refigure things out yeah 100 percent. and it is just like it it is just going to be a part of you forever I think like it's not just a memory doesn't just go away like that Mm. um and yeah like you said you just have to be really patient and really like use your like conscious um to just uh, to just be able to make those proper decisions and based on what you know what is true for you like is this actually like what would actually happen if you didn't eat or would that actually be beneficial for you and back then like I was probably like yeah this is like the best thing ever and but now I know better and like same with you like now you know that this is not gonna get you to the life that you want um and also with CrossFit, with that, like a massive thing that I think that I haven't, the reason I haven't relapsed, I think is because of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And it's because the workouts are literally so hard and heavy that yes. if I didn't eat, there's absolutely no way I could get through it. Yeah. Uh, stay back and train for so long and have so much fun and like, I, you know, be super, super healthy with my food and eat like spot on. But then it kind of goes back to, yeah, but I also want to have the flexibility mm. and I want to have all of the, like, I want to be able to go out. I want to be able to have burgers. I want to have this. So when you start looking at what is actually important in your life, what do you actually get joy from? And most people, that's not just looking a certain way. That is a, mm. like, that has nothing to do with it really. Yeah. Um. So I think that if you are someone who's, who are continuously getting these thoughts, have a think about your actual values here and what is actually what is what is actually making you happy what is what brings you joy because if you're not eating properly and you're not sleeping and you're not moving your body there's no way you're going to be able to do all those things yeah yeah for sure no that's that's smack on um so for those who are listening what is your business now how do you work with women how do we find you Yeah, so at the moment, I have a program starting on the 24th of October. So I'm not sure if this will be out by then. 
Um, I can make sure. <laughs> um, that program is something that is brand new, actually. Uh, it's called Fact Dieting, and it's basically going to be a six-week program about how to literally have the lifestyle, live like being able to go out, being able to say yes to everything, have like live your best life, feel amazing in the gym, not being stressed about putting on weight, stuff like that, like just maintaining your body and or not even that, just allowing your body to get into the shape that it's meant to be because you're eating to fuel your body and to feel good, not to look a certain way. Um, so it's going to be like a step-by-step process, a weekly um, videos with how to let go of my fitness pal, how to not stress out, what is intuitive eating, how can you apply it, um, a little bit of like tapping into binge eating and emotional eating and body image and stuff, obviously, because that's such a big part of my coaching, I want to be able to put yeah. that in too. Um, so that's starts on the 24th of October. I do also offer one-on-one coaching for binge eating, uh, body image, or intuitive eating, or all of them together, if that's the one-on-one you can basically just modify to whatever suits you um and that includes fortnightly calls as much access to me as you need during the week um check-ins on whatsapp when we're not doing calls um you also have all of my programs you have, have, have access to them and all of my programs also have group chats where you can chat to me directly um and just like, get as much help and support as you need because i think that having that the extra support I think that's what's making my program so different to everything else that it's not just once every second week. It's literally like some of my clients message me daily. So I think that's why it has been so successful. Like it has. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, And then to find you on Instagram, the best place is? Um, Yeah, just my personal page, Ellen Grandstrand. I'm sure you'll link it on here anyway. (laughs) I will. I will. I'll pop that in for you guys. Um, Yeah, you have heaps of great content on there. So I love watching your stuff and having a little stalk. Um, (laughs) But yes, I'll link that in. I'll link in Ellen's details as well and to her program. But thank you so much for jumping on here today. Like that's just been. I, you know, appreciate that you're so open to sharing your story and then educating and empower women to go, you know what, like, A, you're not alone. B, there's someone to help you. And C, you don't need to be perfect or get it all right in the first shot. This mm-hmm. is a process that takes time and that's what people like you are here for. Yeah, 100%. And I think that it's our responsibility as coaches to be open and like just say, look, I'm not fucking perfect. Like sometimes I still have these thoughts or sometimes I go out and then I'm hungover the whole next day like you know we're not no one has like the perfect diet every single day it's not such a thing so yeah just leading by example I think yes awesome well thank you Ellen it's been a pleasure (laughs) thank you so much for having me on it was so much fun Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.